0: Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and I'm joined today by Deborah Fitzgerald, writer and editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Deb?
1: It's going great, Andrew. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. It's uh, not quite winter and not quite spring, which means that my allergies are exploding and causing me lots of of guff right now.
1: Yeah, that crazy, crazy, crazy allergy thing you have going on in the... See, I think it's still winter because we're getting another storm tonight.
0: I was just going to ask if we were going to get our, like, fifth winter storm warning. (laughs) Within two weeks. Yeah, it's just been nonstop.
1: It's going to be tonight, which is a Thursday night for listeners, and then we are uh, getting another one on Sunday night. So it's like this, you know, relentless two winter storm per week pattern we seem
0: to be well, in, Well, and which the is- problem is like, if it had just kept hating us, like I kept know. snowing, that would be one thing, but they give us this false sense of relief when- you know, most of the snow starts to melt away and you're like, ah, finally we're done, but we're not done. We're never done.
1: I know. And this year, especially. So anybody who has not been up here for this winter, we went pretty much the entire time without any snow, right? It snowed around Christmas, which was great. And then for the rest of the time, it was just warm and green grass pretty much everywhere. And then suddenly over the past, I would say three weeks, we've just been hit. Hit, yep. hit, yes. We
0: kind of forgot when winter was supposed to be, and then we realized too late. We we're like, oh, give them snow, give them snow.
1: Yes. Yeah, so anyway, none of us is, you know, really looking forward to it at this time of year. We just want it to be done. Yep, so, I agree. Yeah.
0: So we have a, uh, a little theme for the episode today. I want to talk to you about islands. We're going to talk about a real island. We're going to talk about Pilot Island and the bird situation over there. And we're also going to talk about a fake island, New Island, which is our, our art feature uh, in the Peninsula Pulse of this week. Let's start with, with New Island. We'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Pilot Island. Okay. So Sam Watson put together a piece on an upcoming exhibit at the Miller Art Museum. All about New Island. Yes. And it's probably one of the most interesting and unique art projects, art, like life's work, whatever you want to call it, that I have heard of in a really long time. It is by a man named Lee Moss who lives in Kakana. And his story is so interesting in that when you start to read about New Island, we'll explain what it is here in a minute, you're like, how does this even come about? But Sam did a really great job of kind of laying out how it came about in a really logical step-by-step manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lee lived in California and he loves the sea and he used to take photographs and then paint the seaside and the beaches from reference. But then when they moved to Wisconsin, they weren't by the sea anymore, but he still wanted to paint those beaches. So he just started doing it from imagination. And one thing led to another and he started painting an island. And he has created this incredible like 25-plus year art project all about this fictitious island called New Island. And it is, it is all-encompassing. Everything that you would need to document an actual place, he has created over the last 25 years.
1: It's really crazy. I yes. mean, if you read this story, it's... It's not even just an island that he painted, which he did. And it's, what, west of Australia? Is Is that where a new island is? I believe is? so, yes. So west of Australia, so it's got kind of that vibe to it. But you can actually buy plots of land, and he will paint whatever building you decide to construct on it. Right. And, I mean, it's like a little city in addition, you know, to the island. It's his, like, own fantasy place, but other people are participating in the creation of that.
0: Right. You can invest in it the the more, like, it's a a chunk of change to buy land and to create something there, but he also has citizen packages, which are relatively cheap, (laughs) and then he'll send you, like, a train ticket and, like, postcard kind of stuff. Like, you're going on a trip to New Island. It's really cool, and that was kind of the design philosophy that I used to, to lay the story out in this week's paper is this like welcome to New Island kind of like uh, travel brochure almost because that that's basically what he's created he's created a destination with people and government and stores and mythology if you go on his website newisland.net there's news stories there he's created like a 200 page guidebook to New Island like maps and paintings of the island from space and just all of these really incredible, thoroughly detailed pieces. He's he's basically created a chronology for an entire place and yeah. civilization over the last 25 years. It, it's, it's fascinating.
1: It is. And, and Andrew did a very good job of laying out this story. For listeners, what we go through when we're putting the paper together, Andrew just gets a bunch of, you know, component pieces. So here's the story and here are a couple of photos and here's a couple of the graphic art that we can use. And then he has to, in his imagination, come up with something on the page that represents what the story is about, and you did a really good job. You, you always do a really good job, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right here in front of me. Oh, well, thank you. You always do a very good job with that. But this week, when I looked at it, I was like, "Whoa, what is that? It looks like a 1950s travel agency brochure." And right. you know, sure enough, it was this like fictitious place, which is really kind of fascinating to me. And reading the story. He had said that people kept asking him, where are these beaches? You know, once he left the ocean in California and he's painting all of these beaches, people would be like, where are these beaches? Like they needed to be able to place them somewhere. That imagination isn't really enough anymore. Right? They needed a real place. And so it's kind of this in-between world that we're living in right now where people you know, want to know that it has some facet of reality to it and yet it's virtual. You know, I mean, it's it's like in between imagination and real. Right.
0: The exhibit's going to be open at the Miller for the latter half of the month. And there is a collaborative component to it as well, where people can come and they can add their own pieces of geography to a 3D model that he has created right. as well. So if you want to influence the creation of New Island, you'll be able to do that at the Miller this month.
1: Right. And it's at the Miller, but it's the Miller's M. M3 space on 3rd Avenue in Sturgeon Bay. So it did inspire them to set up like a little island. Like you can make a claymation marina or you can paint a waterfall or you can, you know, add and contribute to a model that is there at this space, this M3 space.
0: One of the other paintings that I really loved was like a corner general store that he had created. And there's so much, care and detail put into these paintings because they feel they feel real and they feel old and lived in and like the signs all over the store tell a story and it's not a story that you read it and you go oh I totally understand it's a story that you're like oh if I lived there I would understand what I'm looking at it's one of those like small town feeling kind of things and it's just it's it's really remarkable
1: yeah and there aren't are there a lot of people in the paintings
0: I didn't see any people in any of the pictures that I had pulled from the website. It was a lot of beach and store
1: and it kind of looks abandoned.
0: It does have a really interesting feeling. A lot of the pictures too, not a lot of greenery, just a lot of kind of more sand and and maybe- desert, yeah. yeah, Like Australia,
1: outback kind of look to it. yeah, Yeah, so
0: it just, it has this really unique look and feel to it. And even just his painting style lends itself to like these don't look like they're paintings of a contemporary area that were done in 2020. They look like these are older mm-hmm. paintings that were done in front of these locations. Like
1: uh, 1950s postcards. Yes.
0: They're they're really, really cool to look at. And I'm glad that we got to feature a couple of them in the Pulse. But uh, you can see more of them on our website at dorkcountypulse.com. And then I encourage everybody to check out newisland.net so that you can read more and see more of his, uh, his paintings as well because it, it's just a really, really cool project. Yes. All right. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, We're going to talk about another island, but this one uh, a little bit closer to home. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwannee Counties. Their Integrated Medical Center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Okay, we are back. So, Pilot Island. They got some birds on there. <laughs> and uh, Apparently. Just a couple. And some people wanna maybe get some of those birds to leave. And others say we can't do that. Right. So this, I, I know that Pilot Island has been kind of, I, I didn't know it was this controversial. I knew that it was pretty overrun with birds, mm-hmm. but there's, there's a lot more to it than just look at all those birds and all of the bird poo-poo <laughs> on the island.
1: Well, it's accumulated over time. Yeah, so. that's fair.
0: So what might people not know about how? Well,
1: I, I think probably that it's not, it's not a new issue. It is something that the town of Washington Island and the town of Liberty Grove have been advocating for for years now, which makes sense because Pilot Island, which is like a three and a half acre island, is located off the tip of the Door Peninsula, so it is in between pretty much the you know the end of the peninsula and Washington Island. So people going back and forth on the ferry are able to get its fragrance and are able to, you know, see what this island looks like. So for years, these towns have been trying to get the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, which owns the island, to do something different with it, because right now it is a designated colonial nesting bird sanctuary. What that means is that any number of colonial nesting birds, which would be, you know, brown pelicans and cormorants and species of terns and egrets, these birds use it as nesting habitat. So over time, what has happened is that their guano has completely killed all other life on this island. So these towns have been trying to, you know, get the federal government to do something else with the island. They want, this time it is actually the Sportsman's Club and at this part of the story is where Kevin Baneski, our reporter here, has been covering it. But also the Door County Board of Supervisors passed a resolution in support of turning this island into something other than a bird sanctuary.
0: I love that you said guano and I said poo-poo earlier, <laughs> and it just goes to like show the level of, you know, integrity that you have compared to me.
1: Oh, really? Is that integrity? I think is that so. what that is to do with? So. Well, it just means that, you know, I'm more accustomed in writing and you're more accustomed to speaking. And sure. speaking lends itself to more colloquial terms. Yeah, like poo-poo. And plus you have young children at home, correct? I do. All right. So you wouldn't say like Oliver's guano.
0: I I think you can only use that for birds, <laughs> I don't know. Can I'm pr- you? I'm
1: pretty sure. I'm sh- bats. And bats aren't birds. Bats Is it just are mammals. If
0: the, if the poop flies through the air, <laughs> then it's guano. <laughs> Right, well this isn't really this isn't really the the conversation. No, it's um, not technical. So when I was when I was thinking about this, I guess my first thought was like if there's controversy about this island, I would think that people would want to get rid of the birds, clean it up and restore it back to what it was. That's usually what people want to do with places in Door County is That's restore them. That's what they're them. asking for. But the parts that I I wasn't aware of was that there's potential water quality issues from the island and that maybe impacting the fishery up there. And that becomes a a more like concrete issue for me. Is like, oh, if this is having a negative impact on the fish population and Washington Island is all about fishing, that's going to be a major concern.
1: Well, yeah. And Washington Island and other, you know, fishermen throughout Lake Michigan. But Yes, there is more than just the way it looks and more than just the way it smells. So, you know, people say it looks like a bomb was dropped on it. And people say that they can smell it going back and forth in the ferry. And if the wind is just right, they can smell it even in parts of Liberty Grove. So it is more than just that. The University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, their students, every summer test you know various beaches in Dora County for water quality. So this past season, they also decided to take water samples from the waters surrounding Pilot Island. And there are three shipwrecks in the water close to Pilot Island, so it does draw a bunch of divers. And while there is an abandoned lighthouse in another building, fog signal building on the island, it has not been open to the public the US Fish and Wildlife Service has had it since 2008 when the US Coast Guard gave it to them. So, it's not open to the public. But yes, the water testing revealed that the E. coli counts in the water were quite significant and would be, you know, dangerous if this were a swimming beach. Type of island. And yet, people in Washington Island are saying that if the waters move exactly right, then they believe that if they get high readings at their beaches when the beach water is tested over the summer, it's because it's coming. From Pilot Island.
0: Gotcha. So a bunch of different concerns there. Yes. From the water quality to the longevity of the fisheries and those types of things.
1: Well, the fishery is another big issue because, and even the resolution that the county board passed indicated that there were 9,765 Pilot Island cormorants. And that was from the USFWS's US Fish and Wildlife Service's estimate based on in 2021. And so with that many cormorants, they are eating an average of 1.25 pounds of fish a day, which is 12,000 pounds per day for that number of cormorants. And so this equates to cormorants reducing the local fisheries through predation by approximately 2.2 million pounds per year.
0: That's a lot of fish.
1: Well, it was really kind of funny about this resolution that the county board <laughs> passed. They don't normally pass resolutions that are quite like this, so it stood out a little bit. This said, in, in, to your point of what you just said, to understand how many fish this is, let's assume that each car going to the ferry would hold 200 pounds of fish in the trunk. You would need 11,000 cars to carry the fish. If each car was 15 feet long, the line of cars would span 31.56 miles if cars were bumper to bumper. Wow. <laughs>
0: that that really lays it out for me. And I, I like how uh, relatable it is, too, because I, I also generally have about 200 pounds worth of fish in my trunk at any given <laughs> time. I thought they were going to be like stacked bumper to bumper. They could reach the moon. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I, I can't really visualize this. It didn't help me, you know, this little metaphor and right. visual. It, di- it didn't really help me. Um.
0: <laughs> well, maybe if they had been like, you know, each cormorant can eat 1.5 pounds of fish a day. And that's the average amount that uh, an islander eats in fish a day, too. <laughs> so there's 500 islanders and there's... What did you say? 65,000 cormorants or something like that?
1: <laughs> well, isn't 2.2 2 million pounds of fish like isn't that? Can't you kind of get your your mind around that? I mean, it does seem like a, an enormous number of fish.
0: No, because I'm a visual thinker, so I just imagine a big pile of fish <laughs> and I you can't how, visualize how it. This?
1: So this you what you're saying is that this car metaphor, this car comparison did, did it for you.
0: No, it doesn't help me. <laughs> It's a lot of fish. I get it. It's a a, 2 million fish. That's a lot of fish. How many fish are there?
1: Well, see, now that's the question. So the Sportsman Club has spoken to U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service twice now. And the latest meeting, and we and Kevin Benesky has a story in this week's Pulse on it, the latest meeting was last week. They sat down again, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service with the Sportsman Club. It was a three-hour long meeting, and the Sportsman Club members just pretty much hammered home again and again, like, why this is a problem. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service representative said during that meeting that it is going to remain a bird sanctuary. However, the person who was there did say that they would take a look at looking at the impact on the fisheries. So that point apparently did hit home with them that they were open to assessing if this is having a really negative impact on the fisheries.
0: Right, because if it's you know taking 2 million fish out of the fishery every year, but there's 3 million fish, that's a lot of fish.
1: And how much are fished by commercial fishers? Right. But every, if there's a
0: billion fish down there, it's not that many fish.
1: No, it's not. So I, I don't know how they count that, Right. but they must because... I mean,
0: they counted the cormorants, so it shouldn't <laughs> be that hard. It's, cormorants are just big air fish, basically. Yes. So it just use the same method. <laughs> Um, and then what, what's the proposal if it is having a negative impact? Is there like, it it doesn't seem like there's going to be a swing in the other direction of not designating this as a wildlife sanctuary, Would there be practices implemented to limit the amount of, like putting a no vacancy sign on it once they had enough?
1: Well, I don't know what they would do. I know that they oil the eggs now to try and control the population. And what that does is the cormorant will sit on the egg. They don't just destroy the eggs because they want the cormorant to sit on the egg so that they don't hatch other eggs to make up for the lost egg. So they oil the eggs, which prevents them from hatching. So I know that they do try and control the population that way, but I don't know what they would do if they decided to not make it a bird sanctuary anymore because, I mean, what would they do? Just go out there and kill all of the birds? Or well, I have, feel
0: like I feel like getting rid of all of the birds would be easier than limiting the number of birds. I don't know how you how you limit boiling
1: the eggs. That's how they try and limit that. Right. Well, yeah. okay, then
0: we'll just release one coyote onto the island every <laughs> six months. There you go. And that should keep the pot because right now they have no predators.
1: They have zero predators. and So if and you that introduced one, one things-
0: predator, <laughs> that should that should help.
1: But I don't know what the yeah. I guess the coyote would be able to just eat. You know, I don't know what it would find for shelter, but I don't know what coyotes need for shelter right now. So how that, many, that might not be a bad idea. How but many cormorants are on there? In 2021, there were 9,765. All right.
0: Who would win? 9.7 thousand <laughs> cormorants or one hungry coyote?
1: I think they're kind of tough. Cormorants look like thugs, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty tough looking birds. I don't, I don't know how that would go. So well, when they, we talk
0: about this next year, it's going to be like, we got a problem with the coyote population on Pilot Island. Now. Well,
1: the sad fact is that cormorants were, I mean, there weren't any cormorants. And I don't know how long ago that was because I don't have the history of it. And in some sense, the fact that the cormorant population has resurged is a, su- a success story. Well, but, this is a good thing. Well, it is a good thing. And another thing... Thing is that not all of the county board supervisors, for instance, voted for this resolution? It did pass, but not all of them voted for it. And primarily that was because they wanted to, the ones who didn't vote for it, wanted to know, you know, what USFWS said about this. And if they didn't have this nesting site, where else would these birds nest? Because our shorelines are pretty well-developed. So we're not going to have, you know, 10,000 nesting pairs of birds anywhere else on the shoreline, you know, of the mainland. So they wanted those types of questions answered. I mean, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's position has basically been, look, it's a bird sanctuary, so there's going to be a lot of, what did you call it, poo-poo? yeah. So there's going to be a lot of poo-poo. It's not open to the public. And, of course, divers who are looking at the shipwrecks should take precautions because it is right next to a poo-poo-filled island.
0: Yeah, but I would would not dive for those shipwrecks.
1: (laughs) There's so many around Door County. Leave those three
0: alone. (laughs) Those ones are not, yeah.
1: There's always that, too. So stay tuned. We'll see what happens
0: with this. Right. We'll we'll check back in uh, as things develop. It's probably going to take a while to count all those fish. So (laughs) maybe next year we'll know. We'll know more. Okay. Is there anything else folks need to know this week, Deb, before we wrap up?
1: There is not that I can think of right now, but you can definitely pick up a copy of this week's Peninsula Pulse because there is a lot more in there.
0: Great. Well, then uh, I will let you get back to it. Thank you for chatting with me.
1: No, thank you, Andrew. All right. Take
0: care.